really is. And Bob and I and Dr. Holm would like to welcome all of you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, as you know, is our Prairie Doc, and he's ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Another role for Dr. Holm is to publish a book. He's published one book, and it was a lot of his essays, and now he's writing a new book, and right now he ran a little late on his editing. He's trying to get this book done. He promised me he'll be here within three or four minutes, but he's not quite here. He's on his way, and, you know, Bob said maybe it was just Cook's Kitchen. They were short of help (laughs) because he does go to Cook's Kitchen every morning, and that's where he does his editing. But he's just, he's really excited about this book, and it's about life and what life experiences bring you. And knowing that tomorrow night, I think all of you will look forward to seeing his TV show tomorrow night. He has um, interviewed Dennis Bielfeld, who is a uh, doctorate. He has a doctorate, and he runs the Institute of Lutheran Theology right here in Brookings. And Dennis has an interesting background. He's done a lot of different things. He's noted for uh, being a restauranteur, for building hotels in town, but also for starting this Institute of Lutheran Theology. And so he has much to discuss about near-death experiences and what has happened with those and just the great mysteries of life. And that's what the pro- program tomorrow night will be on. I think it would be interesting, Bob. I do, too. I've, I have had an opportunity to visit with that guy. Um, the only problem is he's way too smart for the likes of me. <laughs> <laughs> he has to dumb it down oh, to talk to someone like me. No, no, but no. an interesting character he is very he much truly so. Is. Yep. Oh, he truly listen. Is. Do you hear that? Do you hear the pitter-patter the pitter of wingtips? Of wingtips thundering <laughs> across the floorboards. And he made it in. And he's he not even it. out of breath. It's almost like the guy, it's, it's like he exercises a lot, maybe. Yeah. The word, the key word, exercise, and Dr. Holmes shows oh, up. Oh, I don't Welcome, even need to Dr. bring it back. Holmes. I don't even need to say the word exercise today, do no, I? No, you don't, already we'll been. say it before you. It's done. Yep, yep. So I told the, the audience before you came that you have been trying to finish your edit and your writing on this new book. Do you have a title yet for your book? Yes, it's okay. called uh, A Guide uh, to uh, Aging and Dying with Grace. And, uh, you know, it's actually it came up when one of my partners in crime, a family, new family physician in town, uh, uh, I, I got up to, I'm done seeing my baking rounds on North Circle. I see the patients, uh, I go to the computer, I do my computer thing, and uh, Jer- uh, Jeremy jumps up and grabs me as I'm leaving and going out the back door to the clinic. He says, Rick, Rick you should write a book and i thought where did he where did he come from where did he come from (laughs) on that he says you've got to write a book for people on how to care for their aging parents Uh, since that's what you do you care for all these older people you know this is caring for an elderly person is the real key and that's what you should do well i as i was writing this book you know it's been like four years in the process you've been working on it for quite a while I realize it's also for the person who is aging, which is, let's see, hmm, anybody in the room? No, none here, none here. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's covering his face. Uh, it's all of us. Uh, and, uh, and so, really, it started with chapter one. What are the best things that you can absolutely do to enhance your chances of living long and well? 
and chapter two is all about the drugs and the supplements and what I think is scientifically good and what is weak and what is not good, including modern medicines that are legitimate quote-unquote medicines. So I'm, I'm really kind of a cynic when it comes to medicines. And um, so well, you hear book. that. Yeah, it's, it's my book. It's your book. You can read what you like. And then we talk about boomers, and then we talk about ethics, and we talk about uh, uh, abuse, and we, we talk about uh, so you're prov- being a care provider. A and guide. Huh? Right, you're, you are providing a guide. Well, and it is, and it's going to be, you know, and uh, since I've had pancreatic cancer, I feel, figure, well, that gives me some credibility with regard to my uh, concept of uh, or advising people about dying. So it's kind of a interesting. I mean, an old, I'm an old geriatrician. That's that's a double meaning, you know, a guy who takes care of the elderly, and I'm old myself, and I've got cancer. So. Uh, I think I'm, I'm a credible uh, person to to speak to this topic. I think you truly are. What's Bob? the What's the title again? It's called a guide to aging and dying with grace. Thank goodness it's not Joan or Bob, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Poor Grace. Yes, you know. With, with well, it could with be with Grace or with Joan with or with Joan Bob. or Bob no. or you know. Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going <laughs> to give Doctor Home a chance to breathe. He came running in the door, and I got him <laughs> talking right away. Take a drink of water. If you have any questions of medical nature, give us a call during this break at six nine two fourteen thirty, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. John Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm, who uh, has been talking about and has been working on and almost finishing his book, A Guide to Aging and Dying with Grace. Not with Bob, not with Joan, but with Grace. (laughs) Grace has always been one of my favorite names for a woman. I couldn't. I had three daughters, but I did not win the the battle. I just love the name Grace. You know, it's a pretty name for a woman. The word Grace is is a beautiful word, though. It is. What does it mean to you? Grace is my life with God or I'm trying to think it's with God you know if you're with grace then you're with God I I sense maybe that it's something different for you I well know, I mean it may be different f- God's I mean, life in us that's what it means that's the literal meaning God's life in us isn't it beautiful is that the literal meaning really well it can be you know it's sort yeah. of like namaste have you ever heard that one yes what does that mean yeah possibly the same I've heard it I'm not sure it's, it is it's yoga I no. it's in Hindu prayer your your thumbs are up against your chest right you bow and it's just a greeting hi how are you but uh, uh in literally what it means is the god in me notices and uh, and appreciates and loves the god in you that's lovely uh and that's usually said at the end of every yoga session is it, it yes that's why i said yoga at the end of every yoga session you just go namaste namaste Right. And it, it's res- very respectful. But it also um, uh, 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 speaks to some people's belief that God is within us. You know, there are those who believe that God is outside, up there or over here or around the room, influencing us, the hu- mere mortar- mortals. Uh, but there are those who feel that uh, that every human being has, and I see that in my own my own interpretation of of spiritual spirituality is that there is a God within all of us, and that 
God, that Holy Spirit, is a powerful thing that we don't, we sense is there, but we don't grasp it completely until as we get older. I mean, I really think it's something that is something you realize or you think a lot about when you're dying of pancreatic cancer, let's put it that way, you know. There um, is a God within me. There right? is a God yeah. within me that is, and that, uh, and you know, you we all worry and fear death. And I know when I've seen that in people, I've seen it be very hard, bad for their health, to be honest with you. To, to fear it. Fear Correct. death is a very dangerous concept. And I know that it's hard to say that you, you uh, don't fear death when you're a younger person, but most of us, when we're getting older, we have had good lives. We know that the eventuality of, of uh, life is, uh, no matter how well it's lived. Guaranteed. Is guaranteed to go away one <laughs> right. day. But Absolutely. go away completely or not, you know. And, and uh, where is that spirit within you and how does it live? And so that's some of what might be discussed t- uh, tomorrow night when we, do, we talk with, uh, with Dennis, Dennis Bielfeld. And, uh, you know, he, he is... Uh, you know, he may have started a Lutheran sem- seminar, sem- um, seminary. seminary, but he also is a philosopher and a historian. And so it was really fun to talk with him about um, spirituality. And he, he talked about consciousness. Uh, and, uh, you know, if uh, you look at the book, of, uh, which uh, we've addressed before, it's called uh, Proof of Heaven by Eben Alexander, that book, uh, the neurosurgeon had a near-death experience. And um, when he's trying to explain what this means and the anatomy of the brain and all that might have been happening and so on and so forth, he comes down to the conclusion that is, we don't have an explanation why people throughout the ages have had similar experiences when they come close to death and come back, and this seems to have occurred more and more frequently, more often lately, when we have cardiopulmonary resuscitation, and they come back and they go, "Wow, I went down a tunnel. And there was a bright light on the end. It was warm and loving and supportive, and I'm no longer afraid to die." It was it, okay. It was okay. Yeah. And that's what Eben Alexander says in his book. But in the end, he also discussed this whole concept of consciousness. What is it? that makes us aware that we are here? What is it that makes us alert and awake and aware? And, and, um, and he says, we're no closer to that uh, than we are to understanding what happens after we die. There are some things we just will never have an understanding of, and I don't think we'll get that with artificial intelligence either. The mystery of life. It will remain a mystery, right? But you'll get closer to it if you watch our show tomorrow night. <laughs> Little plug. Okay, 7 o'clock, South Dakota Uh, Public Television, Thursday night. On that note, we'll take our second break and be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Uh, We had an interesting discussion to begin, but we did have a call that came in just at the end of the last week's program, and I feel bad that we didn't get to it. So we're going to get to it this week. And it was a woman who called in asking about varicose veins. Are varicose veins dangerous, like spider veins or varicose veins, and what can you do about them? Right. Uh, varicose veins and, and uh, poor venous return from your legs are dangerous, uh, and you can treat them uh, with pressure hose. 
Now let's just talk about why they're dangerous um, and why do they occur. They occur because the valves that run from the toes of your, the tips of your toes all the way back to your heart, the valves in the veins, the venous return system, uh, allow the blood to move in only one direction. And whenever the veins, the majority, are within the muscles of the lower leg, right, when the muscles squeeze, it squeezes the veins. And if the, it squeezes the veins, and the, ve the, the fluid will go one way or the other, right? Well, if they're valves that only allow them to go one way, then they march their way back to the heart. And Which that's is how what you works. want. Right. That's right. Then they're um, healthy. And that's a good thing, and it's a wonderful uh, organ system, actually, the veins. We also have lymph system that's a slower-moving um, fluid uh, system. And then there's the new system, the interstitial system. They, the new organ, you, Bob, you know, you've heard this about the new organ. They discovered it, or at least it hit the airways. You know, there's a new organ discovered. Uh, and it was there all the time. We just didn't know it because we didn't look at live tissue. We looked at processed tissue. <clears throat> and we always thought it was just the collagen tissue and the interconnective tissue, you know, below the skin. And what it is is all these areas that fluid can collect. And fluid does collect, and it hangs around with our T cells and our immune system. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot more to learn about where fluid remains, but all the systems uh, where fluid is uh, gen generally moves their way back slowly or quickly back to the venous return and then recirculates going out in the arterial system. And so uh, it's just one of those marvelous things. Well, one of the biggest problems that we I run into uh, caring for people is uh, peripheral edema, peripheral meaning uh, out there in the boonies, you know, in the periphery, in the periphery of your body, and edema meaning the swelling, the fluid, um, and if you see uh, a little bit of swelling in your own ankles after being on an airplane flight or sitting all day at the office and not getting up enough and walking around and moving your legs and pumping the venous system and bl pushing that blood back or the edema that you get when your varicose veins don't work well uh, then you can push your finger into the lower leg and you can make a dent and um, and so that's edema and and edema in the lower uh, extremities uh, begats ulcers um, and makes it harder for the arterial arterial system to bring oxygen and bring back carbon dioxide and so edema is generally a bit troublesome and one non-medicinal way to treat it is uh, ace wraps to start with to get the edema down and then support hose later the biggest problem with big time edema that happens from varicose veins or any reason is that if you have it long enough it get your body gets used to it and when you start squeezing the juice out either by diuretics or by hose or ace wraps, it hurts. And you'll find people who have edema and you come into their room, you know, you have them elevating their feet to try to get the edema out of their legs because there's ulcers that are weeping and they're infected and they're in trouble. And um, you, you'll see them hanging their legs down because it feels better down. down.
then and up. Up just hurts because the water, the when fluid that water now comes is, out, yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel good to it them. It doesn't feel good. But it's important to have it happen. It's you important to get it rid of it. So one of the t- things that I'll do is I'll hospitalize a person, cover them with a lot of pain medicine, get the juice out of their legs until it's down, until their body gets used to it, keep it down with support hose, and let them go home uh, having solved the problem uh, by getting the juice out and uh, covering the pain. So they are dangerous. What about, um, I know women who have had a number of pregnancies will have more veins showing than others. Is it just that they're visible or are they a problem? Does that make sense? No, yeah, it is. Well, if they're visible, they're, they're they're a problem. Okay. And I didn't mention that the other problem with bad venous circulation and bad uh, vein valves is that uh, it puts you at risk for blood clots. Which isn't good either. And blood clots yeah. that can flip to your lung. So the uh, support hose I, make a huge difference, though. Do you do you wear support hose? Well, I used to have a problem when I'd fly. As soon as I'd get off the plane, my feet were so swollen I could barely stand it. And uh, you know, I take uh, blood pressure medicine, mm-hmm. which should reduce some of it. But whenever I'm in a car for a long period of time or fly anything where I know I'm going to be sitting longer than normal. I wear support hose, and yep. it's night and day. It no. makes such a difference. I had one particular patient. I just, it's a hard thing to get people to wear them. And it's interesting, uh, you know, uh, particularly the higher hose. You know, there's, there's hose that go up to below the knee. There are hose that go up to below the uh, middle of the thigh. There are hose that go all the way into pantyhose. And it's not just, you know, pantyhose. It's 20 to 30 pound, 30 to 40 pound, you know, it's... Sometimes they can be very difficult to pull up a, if they're longer. They're, yeah, it's then hard there's to pull special on. devices you can use right. and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, you beg people to, to put those hose on because it'll, it's saving them problems in the future and they'll be reluctant and they'll say that they do, but they won't and so on and so forth. It's sort of like the CPAP machine that work, lives underneath the bed. You know, it doesn't, it never gets used. Well, it, that doesn't help. But <clears throat> the support hose, when you're using the support hose, if we find that we get 90% of the bang for the for the buck if it's be, if if you just do it below the knees. That that's the most important part of it. So below the knee is almost everything that I advise. And if you go and get them uh, fit at any drugstore, uh, they can or medical you, supply or medical like supply. That. Right. Uh, you usually about 20 or around 20 pounds um, is the amount. Of uh, it really pressure makes that a you want to, you know, you don't want to have just the, the, uh, uh, the white hose that you get automatic at the, at the, at the, at the hospital. That's they're not at. That's not good they're enough. Not you want the enough. Jobst version, or a, a knockoff of Jobst, for the 18 pound to 22 pound uh, hose, and then you, and then you'll eliminate a lot of the risk. Of clotting and so on, so on. It makes a huge difference. It really does. Now, this caller, you've told a lot of what they can do. I've heard the term stripping your veins. What does that mean? What are okay. they doing? Well, let's think. What happens is that people will go in there surgically and tie off the, the dysfunctional veins. All right. And then, or clot off the dysfunctional veins. They'll inject a clotting agent and it'll clot off and then it, and then it will go away. I mean, it will no longer be dilated, you know. Okay. Um, I've, I've never really been excited to do that uh, because uh, you're not going to gain any 
a whole lot of help. Uh, I've had some people argument, argue with me, well, at least the bad ones are not there and I can encourage the good ones that are within the muscles to work better. And I think there might be something to that. Um, so I would, I, I, it, sclerosing them, you know, I think if they're really ugly and they're high, there's a place for surgically removing them and there's a risk, you know, these big, huge worms and snakes that are on people's upper thighs, that those probably need to be addressed. But uh, overall, the support holes are probably the best thing you can do. So to answer yes. your question, get out and get the pair get of support those, hose. Get support hose. While yeah. you were talking, uh, someone brought, uh, Aaron just brought in a question that a woman called in and tied to this. What causes muscle spasms in your legs and how do you get rid of them? Muscle spasms. They can be, the worst thing is you're sound asleep and you're and popped you out up. of bed with yeah. a Right. Horrible muscle spasm. Well, what causes that? Well, uh, I've heard, well, it's electrolyte abnormality. Uh, oftentimes people have no electrolyte abnormalities and they have muscle spasm. I've heard it's the calcium. Uh, I've looked at calcium levels and it's not the problem. Uh, I think uh, when you lay, elevate your legs and the edema goes down, it triggers some irritability that I just described. Uh, and then uh, the muscles can be more s sensitive to go into spasm. I think the big reason that people have uh, muscle spasms, though, is when they're exercising um, on days after exercising more than they usually exercise. Well, okay. it's a good thing to be exercising. It's a good thing to be pushing yourself beyond where you would uh, normally go. Um, uh, but... Uh, I, it, it speaks to if you're going to get out and start running or if you're going to get out and start walking at long lengths of time, build it up gradually so that you don't push yourself into the leg spasms. A second major thing uh, to do to prevent muscle spasms is to stretch your legs before you go to bed at night. If you, for example, uh, put your feet maybe a yard away from the wall and now you lean against the wall with you're stretching your hands your back and you muscle. stretch the back of your legs and straighten your knees and stretch the back of your legs and you can feel them stretch and you stretch them gradually not just make them scream and holler but a little bit and then a little bit more and a little bit more in a gradual stretching matter then um, that will help prevent the spasms. I used to prescribe quinine because of people at Grady Hospital, the inner city black uh, Atlanta, Georgia, would come in and they'd say, I want quinine tablets because they really help. And the studies, I looked at the studies and they didn't double blind it if, if they were sugar pill or quinine and were about the same. Didn't make a difference. Well, what made it the difference was that if you th thought that they might help, then, then, then it worked. The major thing to realize, though, is the stretches are probably the most important thing. And then as soon as it hits, let's say, no matter how you do it, you're going to have those spasms of muscle spasm. The moment that it hits, you want to you want to um, do the same stretch that I'm talking about, right. walking away from the wall, stretch the back of your legs. I can do that now. I've, I've figured it out. Okay, I'm getting the pain. I don't have to hop out of bed and then lean against the wall. I'll just bring my toes toward my head 
and it, I do the same thing. It takes the pain right away. Because I don't want to get out of bed. It's you know, coming. I'll it's just, coming. It's coming. Stretch yeah. the toes back, and it, and it goes away. The muscles. If I point my toes down, it brings on the spasm. Yeah. And so, oh, don't point your toes down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring them back. Okay. And stretch that a couple times before you send yourself back to sleep. Well, you've given a lot of good advice to people on uh, both varicose veins and muscle spasms. We're going to take our final break and be right. Hey, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We. I, I love what you just said about your your husband using quinine water and it helps and i would i would say whatever it works that works for you do that I, that's one of the things um i i don't know i mean i've heard people argue that quinine water shouldn't work because it doesn't have enough quinine in it i would wonder if it is the gin in the quinine water that makes it even better but that, won't, that won't happen with that no there's no I'm gin not, in his quinine. i'm not pushing alcohol so no, i'm not no, saying that no well he's happy he uses his quinine and it makes a big difference uh, we just have a couple of minutes remaining, and I'm so excited about your book. You know, you, well, it's going to come really out. You're having fun with it. They're planning on uh, having me present at the the uh, book festival in September. What is the oh the book festival in uh, Brookings, 20th of September, and I have to have the books ready, and the books will go to the publisher Friday this week. This week. No and wonder you're under pressure. Well, yeah. This week. So what are you doing here? Betty Gerberding be... has canceled all of her her, uh, her bridge games. Oh, and that's she and hard I on Betty. Ha- hanging. Bridge is very important to Betty. Well, She's it is. She's not going to play bridge till Friday, huh? She has given up uh, uh, bridge to help me, and we're, we're uh, marching our way through the book for a final read. You know, one of those you final that. reads. And, and then get it to the we'll, publisher. We've got to be done by Friday. I, f- I feel like... Because uh, I'm, I'm, I've got um, two more chapters to read by myself one more time. I've got I'm, Betty and I are almost through uh, chapter nine and ten. I've got two other editors, editors working on it, uh, three other editors uh, working on it, and I've got to have all my poop together this last. Um, this moments. week, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Is it? But think of how good you'll feel after Friday. You yeah, should no see what book. I've no just. I, I'm leaving everything else alone. There's mail that needs to be addressed. Don't I even mean, look at it. Bills right. are piling. But up. you came today. That really makes Bob <laughs> and me feel really, really special. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, it's just it's been fun. And we have just a minute remaining. I, and I will. I really want to have uh, people realize that this is going to be a f- entertaining book, and it's going to be, I think, uh, uh, helpful. Uh, to sell, to almost any person in one way or another, uh, it might be one of those reference books. You go to chapter one, and or you go to chapter eight, and that's all you need. And or you reread this, or you go to the references, because <clears throat> I'm going to have uh, footnotes, you know, on each page of all the references, and I'm trying to reference everything. Internet references. Mm-hmm. So well, it's going to be a good deal. Well, it, if you don't see it before, then you can see it September 20th, right? Yeah. Because the uh, South Dakota book. What is festival. it? Festival. Book festival, that's it. It's, it takes place here one year and then out in Deadwood another year, then back to Brookings. So we're really glad that the South Dakota F- Book Festival will be here September 20th, and you will have a chance to see Dr. Holmes and read Dr. Holmes' new book, Guide to Aging and Dying with Grace by Dr. Richard P. Holmes. <laughs> On that note, we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc. Brought to you by the Avira Medical Group, Brookings. Rick, that's all for this week. Thank you, Joan, and thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there, people.